the Breaking Barriers Podcast, your weekly conversation about changing the narrative for boys and young men of color in Buffalo, New York. Here's your host, Daniel Robertson. Uh, I have a question for everyone sitting around the table here. Um, coming up, how did you deal with your, if you did have your own daddy issues, how did you deal with your daddy issues? Have you dealt with your daddy issues? <laughs> Yes, to be um, totally honest with you. Um, so, growing up for me was kind of, of a janky situation. Um, my dad is, is an imposing phys- figure, figure, physically. Um, he's a big dude, 6'6", <laughs> uh, 260, um, and, with a, and with a short temper at times. And um, I used to always say to my mom, like, oh, why my dad so mean? It's like, he's not mean, he's just strict. Um, and so, like, that would be the only, like, sense of direction my mom would give me about my dad. Other than that, she never said anything good, um, good or bad about my dad. She just always let me sort of figure out my own opinion. But she would always say, like, he's not mean, he's just strict. Um, so given, like, the, the living situation, me and my mom were living in a, in a, in the housing projects with my father and his parents. Um, and my dad was in, like, a separate room. So we kind of had, like, a, a, a interesting relationship growing up where like he couldn't really like be a dad because he had my mom in the house making rules my my grandma in the house making rules and so many people like around around him in everybody's ear so once um once once he moved out and and once he you know got with my stepmom and stuff he started to try to take more of a he tried to take more of a meaningful role in my life and at that point in time I had kind of had my own opinion, wanted to do my own thing, wanted to be my own person. And so I wasn't really receptive to a lot of things he tried to, to offer me and stuff. And I wasn't really receptive to his methods. So as I got older, like, I, I just really kind of kept it distance. He kind of kept it distance. I remember there were times where I spent entire weekends at his house and I had my own space, my own room and stuff like that. So I never really felt unwanted. I always felt love, but we just never had a conversation. So I could spend entire weekends or weeks at his house and we wouldn't have a single conversation. So I didn't really know who he was or much about him. And I just remember when my little brother graduated eighth grade, um, we went out to eat somewhere and he tried to tell me what I could order off the menus at Applebee's and tried to tell me I had to get like a two for 20 or something <laughs> because he was paying. And like, I was grown, like I had like a pocket full of my own money and I was just like, what? And I ordered it. And I ordered what I wanted and he was like, you're not getting that, I'm not paying for it. And I just was like, I never, like, you know how you say you pick and choose your battles? Like, I never picked a single battle with my dad in my entire life. I never picked, really picked one. And at this point in time, like, now I'm picking this one. Like, and so I picked this battle, and I was just like, yo, you cheap, and I'm tired. Like, you always get cheap. I'm acting like you broke. Like, I don't even live in your house. You don't even pay child support for me no more. I just start going in. And like, and so when we got back to the house, like, I went upstairs to my room. I waited for a minute, and I was like, I ain't done talking. So I went back downstairs to go light him up, but he was on his way upstairs to come light me up. And we just ended up having a heart to heart. And at the end of the conversation, I basically told him everything I felt how I felt and he was like so where do we go from here and I told him I'm like I'm my own man I, I pay for my own stuff I have my own house my own girl like I pay for my own everything like I don't really need like a dad dad you telling me what to do like at this point in time I really just need like really a mentor somebody to guide me give me guidance instruction on what's the right moves learn from your mistakes and point me in the right direction so 
I had my issues and we worked them out. And I think that that was one of the best decisions I've ever made, picking that battle with my dad, because now we have a much better relationship and open lines of communication. Certainly, you just brought something up, something up for me. Um, and Tommy, I want to uh, tap into your expertise on this topic because uh, with, within Breaking Barriers, you know, we work with a lot of young men and a lot of these young men are coming up without their dads and without father figures in their lives. Um, so for a young man who may be harboring these feelings, these ill will feelings towards their father um, and may not be able to articulate articulate in a way, in a fashion, which is what Sherman just demonstrated for us um, so very nicely. How would you direct a young man on, on communicating those things with his father? For, for me, it's something that I think is very, uh, is very permanent right now in our, our society is that uh, I also do uh, uh, marriage counseling, and so I'm doing the marriage counseling, and uh, man of many many hats. And having Jalen here, so Jalen's here, so he can attest to this. Is one of the things that uh, I I really I will not marry anyone who hasn't dealt with that father issue, because if they don't deal with it, they just roll it over into another relationship, and then that relationship just builds up on. Uh, stuff from the prior, from from their prior. You about to take us somewhere right. else, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, 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 and so uh, you asked the question. What I have them do is, is, and the simple things is first of all, and we've had this kind of this discussion is you know, write, write a letter, and I, it's something I had to do myself. Had to write a letter about all the issues that, that I, I felt, and, and had to read the letter that, that at that time my father had passed away, and so I ended up reading it to a, a gravestone. But and, and I got that from my from my mentor who had me do it. And I remember uh, when I walked up to the stone and reading it, I looked around because the, the man in me wanted to know like, who's looking. You know, somebody's they're going to see me punking out or whatever. And all these crazy thoughts were going through my mind, but I realized nobody's in, nobody's in a cemetery, nobody's looking at me. And I started reading it, and when I read it, it, it just it did something emotionally for me because all that stuff that was in there came out. And, and, and he, my uh, mentor gave me a little... Uh, they call it a little spade for digging into the ground. He said, when you're done, dig a hole in it, put it in the ground, and you leave it. And I did it on that day and left it. And when I left it, it was just, I was, I was good with it. And the good part about it for me is that I had a father who raised me, who I called my father. He raised me from uh, far back as I can remember, and he's poured into me. And so I would say to uh, that somewhere you have to reconcile, reconcile within yourself, but also uh, get, it, get it out if your father's still, still there. Uh, as uh, Jalen, we had the conversation, and he had to actually said, before I marry you, you got to go up, you got to have a conversation with your father. And it was funny, as we were talking, I let him kind of uh, uh, add to it, but he was, went through all the things that could happen. And then all the things that could happen wasn't any of the things that did happen. And so uh, I'll, I'll kind of let Jalen tell you, tell you the story. So... Uh so my middle name's Jayla, so just a little, you, uh, a little and, confused. And so <laughs> um, but, but anyways, you know, uh, going through that process of marriage counseling and having to confront my own issues with my, my father, it was, uh, you know, I, I thought that I would get a lot of pushback, you know, uh, talking about, how, you know, the, the issues of, of feeling rejected as a child and, you know, abandonment. My father had some mental impairments with, you know, things that were not within his... Uh, uh, control, right? So I had to understand that, but I also understood different parts about him. Uh, but, 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 anyways, I, I, I got, you know, that that a sense of healing 
uh, from being able to have those open conversations similar to what Sher- Sherman shared. And, 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 it, and it did the same thing for me. You know, it really, uh, it allowed me to have a better marriage uh, and be a better man through that, that process. So, yeah. Yeah, better than me because I ain't dealt with mine yet. And I won't be able to deal with mine face to face because he's six feet under, but it is what it is. Uh, Eric, you want to chime in here? Good. I had never met my father, so um, I grew up without a dad, and, and the consequences were, were pretty, pretty severe. Um, so as far as reconciling, I feel like I have because um, when I went through the fatherhood connection the first time, we talked about, um, Tommy was there, we talked about, you know, writing the letter and forgiving and, you know, just laying it out, leaving it behind. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, one of the main reasons that I find myself doing this work now is not just because it was the one missing piece in our, in our program, but it's also because I believe that when you have fathers around who are accountable and responsible, you can avoid a lot of the pitfalls that I fell into. I mean, all the, all the negative outcomes that Reggie talked about, it took me two years to figure out, wait a minute, I pretty much, I pretty much experienced all of those outcomes, right? I mean, Reggie Cox talked about um, being raised in poverty, which I was, um, you know, single mom with three kids, no father or father figure around, um, getting sucked into gangs, violence, using drugs, early child, er, early pregnancy, right? Getting involved in sex early. I mean, in, in my neighborhood, 14 was late. 14 was considered late. But at 14, if you can believe it, um, that's the average kid in my neighborhood growing up in the South Bronx. We're already, we were already experimenting with sex, right? So all those things, plus later on dropped out of school, Thankfully, thank God, I dropped back in because of a, a certain gentleman in his program. Um, but um, I experienced all those things. Went to jail for a short time, got youth offender treatment, and wound up wound up being saved in there, so to speak, by one of my first early mentors, my Spanish teacher, Jim Nolan, who just um, did a, a surprise visit, not necessarily for me, just something outreach he was doing for his church. So, I mean, mentorship you don't have some kind of mentor- mentorship to fill the void of that fatherless that fatherless vacuum there um, you're subject to all these all these different negative outcomes um, getting sick more it affects mm. health obesity I mean there's a number of outcomes there's six of them I think I pretty much went over one over probably all more of them. than six yeah. yeah but they're categorized it's just broad broad stroke categories you know what I mean to get gotcha. to get you give you the most the most um, attention, I guess, to the topic, right? So not reaching your full academic potential, dropping out of high school, having sex, or becoming you know, a, um, a teenage pregnant mom or young dad, um, getting into gangs and violence, using drugs and alcohol or other illicit substances, um, growing up in poverty, right? And then having those mm-hmm. health, poor me- health and mental health outcomes. That's all six, right? So, um, with as opposed to having a father around that increases accountability and responsibility someone who if i went through it i'm trying to guide my son to make sure he doesn't fall into those same steps thank god he's avoided most of them um like i said he did make me a father early but not too early so 
um, yeah, so it's it's kind of a touchy subject, but at the same time, it's something that you know I'm still working out because I have a, I have an opportunity to to work with other men and help them avoid those same pitfalls. As you can see, it's just a difficult. I was just watching even the mood at the table change when we uh, we started going deep talking about fathers. And I think it, it pays plays such a pivotal role in our lives, and and as men, so often we don't deal with it, even though it sits in the background. So it, it just I was just noticed that. It was a shift in the table, all right? And so uh, uh, I think that as, as we're talking about the fatherhood initiative is that some of the fatherhood initiative is actually having these kind of conversations because until you get past these conversations, it's going to be tough to be a good father when you're still harboring some stuff in the past. And I think the, the day and age that we live in today, Eric, you alluded to some of the, uh, the outcomes uh, for young men in the event that they don't have a dad it's just <clears throat> we talk about suspensions in schools all the time and boys and young men of color their suspension rates are through the roof and they tend to be the group that's always suspended the most uh you talk about young men involved in the criminal justice system you see young men of color involved in the criminal justice system the most um you talk about <clears throat> gun violence and we just recently uh, there was a, a panel discussion on gun violence but we don't really talk about the impact that gun violence has on young men whose dads aren't in their lives. You know, they wind up toting guns and carrying guns and taking the lives of people that look like them because they want to belong to, find something to belong to, and they, you're going about it the wrong way. Because um, they haven't learned how to work out their issues like men because someone wasn't there to actually show them how to kind of work out those issues. And, you know, if you have a disagreement or a conflict, this is how you handle it as a man. Um, so it's, it's a host of issues that can tie directly back, correlates directly back to when young men come up without their dads. I think we just have to find a way to really tie all of those loose ends together. Go ahead, Sherman. So I think another thing, especially when you're dealing with all of those things, but in particular with the with the gun violence, um, everything you said is true. And I will also add that like the young brothers are carrying around for protection because they don't feel safe. So like they don't got nobody to call. They can't call their dad to have their mm -hmm. back. So like I gotta have this gun. Like who else I'm gonna call? I ain't got nobody but this gun. So like if maybe like if I had a dad or a big brother or a mentor, one of my uncles was around, um, who stepped up, like I wouldn't have to carry this gun because I could reach out to them to have my back if I find myself in a sticky situation. I wouldn't necessarily feel the need to take it that far because I feel like this is the only option that I have. So I think in addition to that, in terms of suspension. Um, I was a young person who got suspended early and often, and in addition to <laughs> early and often, early and often, got it. In addition to um, having to, to call my my dad, I had to call all six of my mom brothers and explain like each and every time. So I had to have those mm -hmm. those conversations. So I think in addition to that, like as I got older, one of the things that kind of got me on the right path in addition to mentors was I was tired of having those conversations. Like, <laughs> to, be, to be quite honest with you, like it's, it's not a good feeling. And I admired these people so much that I didn't want them to think of me in just this way. So I wanted to do things where I could have more positive conversations with them. So I think just having that, that level of accountability too also caused me to to want to grow, to want to be aspiring, to be accepted um, by these men who I held in such high esteem too. So you just hit on something on something right there, right? Being positive, right? One of the other things that we we talk about and we probably don't say it enough is that when you see a, a father, no matter the age, right? I mean, you're the thing is we're supposed to be approving, approving them, affirming them, celebrating them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's not it doesn't have to be that 
you know, we give them a stage or a mic or anything, but just say, you know what, you're doing a great job, man. I really mm-hmm. admire how you take care of your daughter. You know, Daniel, you bring your daughter to work sometimes, man, and she sees daddy at work, and then you take her home, and you're, you know, you're cooking for her. You're doing all the things that she a dad rolls. should She's be a doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sherman, I see how tenderly you, you take care of your daughter, right, and you're... Like, she can have her way with you. Sometimes I'm like, I would be saying something right now. But, obviously, but you know, you have you have a great relationship with her, and she listens to you. You know what I mean? And you'll, you'll stop in the middle of a conversation and tell her a little something. She goes about her way, and then you, you continue on, right? So, I mean, Antoine, I can imagine what kind of father you're going to be, right? Because um, you have the benefit of hearing, hearing all of us, our experiences, but also learning and teaching a curriculum that, you know, is strong on, on that praise, right? strong on encouraging the good instead of waiting for the bad to happen you know what i mean so again affirm approve celebrate man that's that's what we have to keep doing for our fathers i want to talk to you about a little side business so you can start you know little little daddy daycare you're gonna have all this expertise (laughs) 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 training. (laughs) (laughs) fellas i want to i just want to make sure that we close on a positive note and eric you are already heading in that direction just uh in regards to how you kind of kicked off this uh ending piece of our of our conversation here but just to uh you guys just go around and just uh, talk about your uh, highlight for you in regards to just being a dad. Antoine, I'm sorry, I might be leaving you out of this one, but <laughs> we're going to we'll just talk about a moment that you look forward to. <laughs> for me, my, my highlight is, uh, as far as being a dad is that to be at a place, be at a place in life where I'm also a granddad now. And so, uh, double whammy with, uh, with my grandbaby, and, and I'm excited your, your because uh, to, hear her, <laughs> to hear her when we're talking, and she'll say, Right, granddad, right? Because she wants uh, affirmation from her, her grandfather. And, and what we do is we, I be, we become not only she's my granddaughter, but she's my little road dog. And so, uh, on her birthdays, what we do is we do uh, blow your mind birthdays. So, her last blow your mind birthday, uh, we jumped on a plane and we went down to uh, Tampa and spent the day at, at, at uh, Universal Studios and we just ran around Florida together and then we jumped on a plane and, no, and we played like we were on uh, Amazing Race and we made our way back home to Buffalo. Yeah. But I don't we, think that was planned though. That, no, that wasn't planned. That wasn't planned. But it worked. All right? and, 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 but just to be at a place where we're, to be a grandfather, but then also to look back and see as a father, to see my, my, my children now, they got it. And then, so my... My son, basically, he doesn't have any children right now, but I know he, he knows what it takes to be a, a good father. And see, my daughter right now, she knows what it takes to be a good mother. And it's, be, it's just let me know that I did something right. And so uh, you said on a positive note, positive note is that let's concentrate sometimes on what we've done right and less on what, we, what we're doing wrong. Um, so for me, as a, as a young dad, like I just... I just visualize and look forward to being able to share stories like Brother Tommy just shared um, right now. For me, like, um, that's like the goal um, that would be kind of like self-actualizing to be in a role where like I can take my my children's children um, to be able to bust moves and do what we want to do when we want to do. Um, I think that's that should be every parent's goal to put yourself um, in enough a position where you could do that for your family. But for me, with with my young daughter, I think it's her level of emotional intelligence. Um, so like, if she sees me or her mother like down, um, she'll come up to us and be like, "Are you okay, mommy? Are you okay, Dada? Are you happy? You're not happy." Are you not happy? And it's like, she can like read us and it's like, 
good. She's in tune with like her humanity. So like she'll be in tune with the humanity of other people who she encounters throughout life. Um, and she'll be able to, to read people's energy pretty well. So um, for me, that just lets me know that like I'm doing a good job of um, being sensitive to her emotions and being respectful of them, even though she's two years old, she's still a human. So just respectful of her humanity. It's nice to see her um, demonstrating that too. I, I just wanted to uh, add to, you know, so, no, I guess uh, something that Tommy Ann Sherman said, you know, once heard that, you know, you don't, you know, your success as a parent uh, by how your grandchildren are. And I think that uh, when you talked a little bit earlier, Daniel, about, you know, what we need to do, uh, what, well, what do we need to do for men or for them, you know, to be a playing more of a father figure to uh, other men? And I think it has a lot to do with identity. So I think one of the things that I would want to do, you know, when I become a father is really make sure that I impart that sense of identity to my son or daughter. Right. So that they really know who they are, where they come from and, you know, values. For me, I'd honestly have to say uh, it actually happened probably last month when my daughter turned six. I asked her what she wanted to do for her birthday, and she came back, and her response was, I want a daddy-daughter date, which is uh, not anything out of the ordinary, but for her to say that on her birthday uh, really kind of hit home and just let me know the impact that um, I have on her and what our relationship means to her and uh, how she, you know, sees how she values the time that we actually spend together. And the only thing she wanted was to spend time with her dad and go to Red Lobster. <laughs> so I don't know if I created a monster at six or not, but um, she'll be well-trained. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, that's all right, I like that, I like that. Um, for me, I mean, I gotta echo what Tommy says. I, gotta, I, I have to acknowledge and appreciate the fact that my son Logan, uh, you know, he may have three daughters, but you know what, he's taking care of them, you know? So he's doing what he can, when he can. And there's, you know, there's always gonna be a battle, you know, cause there's always gonna be something, right? But um, I gotta say that he's, he's doing what he has to. You know, he's got his job, he's got a place, that they're all safe and he has them all together as often as he can. So I can't ask for anything more. I mean, I could, but he's doing pretty good right now. <laughs> so. don't, don't push it, Eric, don't push it. <laughs> All right. Guys, I have to thank you. Uh, I want you to know that I appreciate you all. I appreciate the energy that you guys brought into this space today. I almost had this feeling of deja vu, like we kind of did this before. I don't know. Y'all feel like that? Maybe. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> little. <laughs> but um, we're going to close out. Uh, shout out to the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable. Say yes, Buffalo, the Win, the win Initiative, the Nurturing Fathers Program. It's not a program. It's not an initiative. It's a movement. Shout out to Breaking Barriers. It's not, not a program. It's a movement. Uh, boys and men of color work it's a movement across the country uh, with that we're gonna close out uh, love you brothers uh, catch y'all next time on a podcast breaking barriers podcast and with that we out it's a wrap peace thanks, thanks.